Good morning, everyone. Our guest on the line is Sea Alaska Heritage Institute President Dr. Rosita Whirl. Good morning, Ms. Whirl. Good morning. Good morning, everyone, on a beautiful day in Juneau, Alaska. Really makes you live, love yeah. living in the capital city. Right. Well, we hope to cover as much as we can about this year's 2022 celebration that will be held here in Juneau, June 8th through the 11th. Share with, share with us the thought behind the theme, celebrating 10,000 years of cultural survival. Sure. Well, we thought that through our more, and I say more than 10,000 years of occupancy of Southeast Alaska, and I say more than 10,000 years because some of the work that we're doing right now with archaeological underwater surveys is going to push that date back further. But anyway, during our tenure, our our occupancy in, in Southeast Alaska, we've endured many challenges. You know, including climate change associated with various glacial advances and retreats. Uh, we've survived pandemics that arrived with immigrants. Uh, we survived a period of ugly history in which our culture was suppressed. And more recently, the COVID pandemic. But through all of these changes, we survived and we prospered. And it just seemed like an appropriate theme for this year's celebration. As an archaeologist, it must excite you that there's research going into even before 10,000 years. Yes, it's really exciting. We're doing underwater archaeology with um, uh, robots. Very good. So back on celebration, where will the dancing mainly be held? And do you have an estimate of how many dancers? Yes, we do. We have uh, around uh, 1,200 dancers that will be performing at the Centennial Hall, the Elizabeth Paradovich Hall, and also on our new arts campus. And I hope we can get to the arts campus in a moment, but with some of the details about celebration, I see you need a pass. So tell us about the pass. What is the celebration pass? Um, Well, a celebration pass covers access to the dance performances at Centennial Hall and the Elizabeth Paradovich Hall. Um, the pass will be needed for any indoor events. Uh, and you could purchase your pass early uh, on Monday and Tuesday right here at the Walter Soboloff Building in the lobby, or else you could purchase it at the Centennial Hall beginning on Wednesday afternoon. And if I cannot attend in person, might there be other ways to attend? Oh, absolutely. Our celebration will be broadcast on statewide TV through K2, and then it will also be live streamed uh, on the web through SHI's YouTube channel, and you could find um, the, the link on our SHI web, website and our Facebook page. Really got to take advantage of this new world we live in with distance. I- I know, I know, and it really has expanded our reach and participation, you know, through these virtual uh, mechanisms. And so, if I am in person, though, are there any COVID precautions that I should follow? Absolutely. Protecting our people and maintaining the highest level of safety that we are able to achieve, that's our goal. And so what we are requiring, you will have to have a vaccine for those who are over five. 
you're going to have to wear a mask for those over three, and then we'll also have temperature checks at all of the uh, uh, entryways. I believe it was early on during the celebration planning, it was mentioned that you just cannot have celebration without the children. Right. We have uh, they, they are our future, and they need to be here. Mm-hmm. And so let's get to celebration, because... Okay. On the 7th, before the dates, 8th through the 11th, there's the Canoe Journey Landing. Tell us what that's all about. Well, um, we're very fortunate in that the Aquan have stepped up to organize the canoe um, activities, and they, they will have the Canoe Journey Landing at uh, on June 7th, as you noted, uh, beginning, at think, at 6 p.m., but, of course, that's dependent on uh, the tide. So watch the tide books, but right now they're saying it'll start at 6. It'll be at the Auk, uh, Auk Recreation Area and uh, go to the Raven Eagle, Raven and Eagle Shelter. And there, you know, they'll have, be welcoming the canoes, and I understand even some food will be served. And so for those who may not have seen a canoe landing, what all goes into it? It's welcoming the attendees, right? Oh, uh, you know, it's really exciting. You know, um, um, we have been trying to revitalize this um, this activity uh, around our canoes, and so we started teaching canoe making canoes a number of years back. And so it's really exciting to see you know the communities that are participating. And uh, you know, I I saw on Facebook yesterday where the people from Cake you know are already preparing or on their way to Juno in the canoes. So it's it's really exciting to see the canoes coming into our homeland here in Juno. And once they get here, I see the first event before grand entrance on the 8th will be a grand opening of the arts campus, which is nearby the organization's building downtown. What are you thinking now that all those years of work is going to be officially unveiled? Well, um, it's very, very exciting. You know, yesterday, or a couple days ago, we had uh, the... Uh, 360-degree totem pole that was erected, and I, I was looking at it, and I have to say, I was so happy, I almost started crying, and and crying um, because I was happy, but also grateful, grateful that we had over 2,000 uh, businesses and individuals that contributed to the support uh, for the construction of the art center. And, of course, we have to acknowledge that Sea Alaska uh, was the largest contributor and also, you know, transferred the parking lot, the old parking lot, to SHI so that we could construct the arts campus on the new plaza. And so tell us what art will be displayed on this campus. You mentioned a 360 pole. I, I don't think I've heard of such a pole before. Oh, this is absolutely new. Um, there have only been, uh, I believe, three that were made in Canada. So this one is the first one that will be in Alaska. And a 360-degree uh, totem pole, it means that it's carved all the way around. Traditionally, they were only carved on one side, and that side would be facing uh, the sea and welcoming visitors. So we will have that totem pole. Uh, another uh, uh, artwork that we'll have is what we're calling Faces of Alaska, and these will be uh, five monumental masks uh, that will be cast in bronze, 
and it they will represent all of the major cultures of Alaska. And then, of course, we have the uh, building art uh, from our master artist, uh, Robert Davidson, Haida artist, and, of course, the art that's within the building. But we're also looking right now at another famous Clinkett artist and using uh, one of his uh, pieces of work on the front of the building. But that's not for certain yet. If, um, but we're hopeful that we'll be able to, to get that art. And so so there... it, 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 it will live up to its name, Arts Campus. Mm-hmm. How much closer would you say we are in becoming the Northwest Coast Arts Capital of the World? Well... I have to say, you know, there. first of all, there are about seven major components to what I call, you know, uh, the elements for the Northwest Coast Arts Capital, first being the Walter Sobolov Building, our arts campus, and then our, we also have, uh, will be erecting 30 totem poles on the Juneau waterfront, and we've raised the funds for about half of, half of the totem poles. So we're about 50% done there. Well, well, I shouldn't say we've raised 50% of the funding, but of course now the artists have to get busy and start carving them. And then the other uh, element for uh, creating Juno as the Northwest Coast Arts Capital is integrating art into our schools and the university system so that we can ensure the future generation of artists. And uh, I have to say that's 100%. We're already uh, doing that. Then we also have been promoting the integration of art, Northwest Coast art, throughout the city, uh, looking at the signage. And I have to applaud the city, you know, for doing that. And, of course, we want to press on and have art all over the city. And then, of course, we want to expand uh, our arts market. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of that, you know, um, and, and then the other one is we want to have Northwest Coast Art declared as a national treasure. And I'm, I'm sorry to say that, that we've had the least progress on that. But to answer your question, overall, I would say we're about hmm, maybe 60 to 70 percent uh, 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 towards our goal. So we're pretty excited about that. About but 40 to 30 to go. To yeah, we've got a <laughs> lot more work to do. Yeah. And... So coming back to the arts campus, what will be its function during celebration? Well, it's going to be the uh, a venue for um, first of all, the uh, we'll have our of course our our opening ceremony and dedication uh, of the pole will be on the arts campus. Uh, so that's going to happen on Wednesday. And then on the same day, uh, right after the arts campus opening and dedication, Right at 4 o'clock, we'll have the juried art show ceremony, and that will be, you know, right across the Walter, uh, right across the arts campus in the Walter Sobolov building. So uh, I hope people will come and see uh, the uh, award ceremony and also our youth art exhibit that was, will be in the Walter Sobolov building. Very good. And rounding out that Wednesday, we've got the grand entrance. Talk about that, Rosita. Right. Really exciting. Uh, we are very pleased, you know, that the Wrangell uh, dance group will be able to, to lead. I know they were, they're really excited, you know, because we had to postpone that in 2018 when we couldn't have the in-person uh, celebration, although we did have a virtual celebration. So um, we will... Uh, begin the grand entrance at 6 o'clock with the Wrangell Dance Group as the lead dance group right there at Centennial Hall. 
Very good. And we will move on to Thursday after the break. Stay tuned. We're back with Sea Alaska Heritage President Rosita Whirl. On Thursday, tell us about the events for that day. What are the times folks should look out for for dance performances and art artist markets? Well, we will have uh, both the um, the uh, dance performances and the uh, arts market uh, at at both Centennial and Elizabeth Paradovich and on the arts campus. Uh, beginning each day at 10.45 a.m., and we'll continue on through the day and into the early evening, or early evening for, well, maybe not early, It'll at least till 9.40 p.m. in the evening. And I noticed that each day begins with morning reflections. What, what is that about? Well, this is an event that is sponsored um, by the, a group called Hyundai Ejin, Give Me Your Hand, and um, the public can enjoy can join uh, in this event at the at our arts campus uh, for an informal gathering to uh, to visit one another, enjoy coffee, and begin their day with positive thoughts. Uh, as the organizer George Holly has said, uh, it. It sets intentions and clears the mind. So I think it's a wonderful way to start the day. And so in between the dance performances and artist market on Thursday, I understand there will also be other events. So share that with us. Okay. We have other activities, including uh, the food contest award ceremony on Thursday. And uh, we will be presenting prizes to the winners for our dry fish, seal oil, and seaweed contests. Um, so that's that's one exciting event. And then, of course, we will also have traditional games that will be demonstrated by Kyle Whirl and his athletes. And again, this is open to the public at the campus to view the demonstrations and maybe even participate. Very nice. So let's go ahead and get to Friday here. Rosita, I see there'll be more dance performances, and that'll be the same time, right? Right, right. It, yes, yeah. Uh, so we will have we will have those uh, daily dance performances again at the two venues, but we'll also on Thursday have our very popular toddler regalia uh, review, and that's for children up to five years old, old, which will take place uh, between one and two at the Centennial Hall. And uh, we will have a record number of toddlers this year. And that's a real fun event. You know, if you haven't seen it before, you really have to make time to to, to look at that. And then a new event um, that we actually had in our virtual celebration in 2018 is storytelling. That's something new. And that will take place uh, Friday evening from 5 to 6 p.m. at the Walter Soboloff Building. And so it sounds like some notes were taken during the last virtual event, huh? Oh, that was a real popular event, yes. Uh-huh. It was fun. Very good. So let's talk about the last day on, on June 11th. Uh, the events seem to be swapped up a little bit. Well, uh, we have an exciting day again on Saturday at 11 o'clock. Uh, we'll begin our parade and that will begin by the downtown library 
uh, we'll go down Marine Way and Egan and then walk towards Centennial uh, Hall uh, and then we'll end up in the Centennial Hall parking lot. So that's one of the things that will happen on Saturday. We'll also have uh, the very uh, popular uh, um, the photo that we take, uh, where all of our dancers line up, as many that can crowd into the into uh, the photo shoot area, and uh, this time we will be holding it at our arts campus. So we're hoping that all of our celebration participants and attendees can gather uh, in their regalia for a photo shoot by our uh, our own Brian Wallace. Well, that's a swap up a little bit. The background's yeah. always been Centennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Very good. And you end celebration with a film. Yep. Well, we end it with lots of good feelings and happiness and happy people. And um, at 4 o'clock, we're going to have a premiere um, film on celebration. It's a 60-minute documentary about the history and the origin of celebration. And uh, we're doing this as part of our 40th anniversary. Can you believe that? We've been doing celebration for 40 years now. Um, Eventually, we will make this uh, uh, video available on our YouTube channel. And so we have the grand exit of the 40th celebration then. Yes. Yes, and um, again, this will be led by the Wrangell Dance Group. Uh, we actually have two dance groups uh, from, from Wrangell that will be doing the grand entrance and the grand exit. And so if, if I'm not mistaken, d- doesn't that mean Wrangell about two years ago had did, had did the entrance? Or is well, that how they- it works? They no, uh, they were scheduled to do the 2018 uh, entrance and exit, but unfortunately we had to cancel that uh, celebration due to COVID. So they weren't able to to do the lead um, dance group. So now you know now they can, and I know they've been busy practicing and uh, even working on uh, box drums. So that's something new uh, that they'll be incorporating. Uh, into their performance, the use of the box drum. Uh, and that was made over here in our arts campus in this past week. So really exciting. Um, I think I'm overusing that word, exciting. But <laughs> it, it, to me, it's all exciting that we can get together again. Well, Rosita, we've just gone through an exciting agenda for this year's celebration. And I had wanted to know, tell us about the planning that goes into an event. A a schedule like this doesn't come up overnight, does it? Oh, my gosh, no. We almost, with the ending of celebration, we we start uh, planning for our next uh, celebration. First, we have to evaluate um, the the celebration that we've just gone through and to see if there are areas where we need to make necessary improvements or adjustments. And then we also uh, select the theme. And then um, about six months prior to celebration, the planning begins in earnest. We have monthly meetings, and then we'll have additional meetings the closer we come to celebration. And in the last couple of months, we have uh, weekly meetings. 
And, you know, I have to give a shout-out to Carmelita Estrada, who has been, I call her, our celebration coordinator guru, and she is like a super sergeant in making sure, you know, that our celebration is well-planned and that it comes off, uh, if you, if it's possible, with, you know, uh, several thousand people in attendance, it comes off, you know, smoothly. And I'm proud of our staff and the volunteers, you know, that really helped to make uh, celebration a success. And share with us some of the economic benefits celebration brings to Juno. Well, uh, prior to the pandemic, um, Celebration was generating over $2 million, actually something like $2.2 million in economic activities. And I, I know um, it might not be as much this year, although, although I guess with the higher prices, it might come close to that uh, $2.2 million. But we know that uh, Celebration has been growing uh, through, through the years, and uh, I, I'm I'm positive, you know, that in the next celebration, we're going to come back in full force. And I saw Just in Time for Celebration is a book on celebration by Baby Raven Reed. So tell us about that. Oh, it's right. Again, that word overused. But as part of our 40th anniversary, um, we decided that we were going to publish a children's book uh, about celebration uh, as seen from a young girl's uh, point of view. So the story begins with a young girl um, coming to Juno on a ferry, and it culminates with her dance performance at the Centennial Hall. And uh, before she, uh, you know, you could look at the book and see that before she actually goes into all, she attends all of the celebration events, including the toddlers regalia review, the Native Artist Market, and the Indigenous Fashion Show. So uh, this story was written by one of our own, Woosh Kindane Da'at, Lily Hope, who is Raven of the Duck Ton clan, and it was illustrated by Kelsey Mata Foote, who is Raven of the Duck Taquanedi clan from the Klawak area, I believe. Well, Rosita, I believe we have gone through as much as we can about celebration <laughs> these last Great. 20 minutes. Is there anything you'd like to add? Well, I want to say and assure people that, you know, the safety of our participants is a priority for us. And we have developed uh, what we think is a thorough uh, mitigation plan, and we've actually worked with the state's uh, Plan Safer Events Office. So we want people to come to celebration, and we are trying to ensure the best uh, safety environment that we can. But join us in celebrating our culture.